This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It is 12.03, December 26th. Good afternoon, and thanks so much for joining us for the Tuesday edition of the WBBM Noon Business Hour. I'm Rachel Pearson, filling in for Rob Hart today. Home prices surging amid a very tight housing market. We'll cover that in our next segment, but first, it is Travel Tuesday, Part 1. Today, we're talking about volunteerism, travelers combining vacations with charity work. It's tourism with a purposeful twist. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Cindy Richards editor-in-chief at SheBuysTravel.com, based here in Chicago. And uh, Cindy, this is something that's sort of gaining traction, a lot of interest. It's been around for quite some time, but uh, let's talk about what exactly volunteerism looks like. Well, it's really interesting. You know, after the pandemic, we had uh, revenge travel, and everyone was just going to go everywhere they could, as many places as they could, for as long as they could. And now we're sort of slowing down and starting to take a breath, And the idea of more meaningful travel is taking hold. And, you know, volunteerism is is sort of one piece of that. And I think it's misunderstood. There are a lot of people who would say, hear of volunteerism and say, well, I only get a week's vacation. I don't want to spend the whole time, you know, building a house in, um, in some poor community or cleaning up garbage on a river for a whole week. And that's the real secret to this is you don't have to. Because you can make meaningful travel um, in a lot of ways by adding a voluntary, a volunteerism kind of component to your vacation. One of my really favorite ones is called Pack for a Purpose. And it's a website, packforapurpose.org. And you just look on there and, and they have destinations all around the world, including in the U.S. And they partner with resorts that will, that partner with local communities so you can look, you can see the list of things they need. It can be, you know, education, school supplies for uh, kids who wouldn't otherwise have pencils and backpacks and paper, or, you know, uh, more complex things like clothes for shelters for um, survivors of sex trafficking. So it can get really deep. Um, and then you can either bring money and buy, have things bought locally, or you can actually pack your extra suitcase that you're going to bring home a bunch of souvenirs in anyway and take those things along with you. And the resort will connect you with the organization or just take the stuff from you and get it to the organization. And here's the thing about taking trips. We do it to make memories or, you know, get a little bit of relaxation. But really, you want to be able to look back fondly on something. And I have to think that even just spending an afternoon doing something charitable while you're on a trip, uh, that's going to stick with you for a long time. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, my business partner at She Buys Travel, um, her, she and her kids went to Hawaii and stayed at this lovely resort in Hawaii. And then they spent an afternoon um, clearing out um, invasive 
plants from an area of the beach in Hawaii. And they loved it. They were outside. They were on the beach. It felt like a vacation, but they were doing something really good that made a difference to the local people. Um, you know, there are um, – and I was just in uh, Puerto Vallarta two weeks ago, and I was at this lovely resort called Casa Villas. It's an all-inclusive. A lot of people go to all-inclusives when they're in Mexico, and you don't even get a sense of local culture. So we booked a local street food tour. We took a public bus and, you know, ate from taco stands that had been run, run by the same family for 45 years on a street corner in Puerto Vallarta that – you know, a lot of people would never see. There are many ways to support the local community when you travel. And I mean, you can even do it by, you know, maybe giving a little extra tip to the housekeeper. You know, those people had a really rough time through the pandemic and they're still trying to catch up. So there are many ways to do it without feeling like you have to spend a whole week working on a farm. Thanks so much, Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief at SheBuysTravel.com. Coming up, we'll have a preview of the local housing market as we head into 2024. It's 60 Minutes of Financial Planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Home prices surged in the second half of 2023 as inventories remained tight. So joining us with a preview of the 2024 housing market is Steve Kirch, Chicago-based real estate and housing expert. And Steve, let's break this up into two parts. Let's first talk about where exactly the housing market is right now, and then we'll sort of look ahead to what uh, might come in the new year. So let's talk. uh, We know that it is still a seller's market. Inventory's tight. Uh, What are we seeing on on the housing market here? Uh, Yes. Good afternoon, Rachel. Um, You've pretty much hit it already. Uh, 2023 was very tight market. Home sales uh, declined sharply the last part of the year. It's because there just isn't that much on the market and uh, mortgage rate rates were rising, so we just it, it was it was not a good scenario for 2023, and uh, you know pretty much we don't see that much changing. The one positive note we've had in the last month uh, since the latest latest data that we've got uh, coming out shows that mortgage rates have declined, uh, so that. It's at least giving people a little hope for 2024 that we can crack some of these, uh, crack some of this housing market open. Even though mortgage rates have come down ever so slightly, are we still seeing reluctancy from buyers? I have to imagine that it's not enough to to bring the market back to what it was, uh, you know, even just pre-pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. We have not uh, seen any kind of let up in the inventory crisis, so it's. Um, uh, people, there are going to be people who want to move. There are going to be people who put their houses on the market. But for folks who don't have to and who hold these low uh, mortgage rates from a couple of years ago, that's that's still going to be a problem. Overcoming that's going to be difficult, even if mortgage rates uh, fall farther than we expect in 2024. So let, let's talk about the new year, and let's say hypothetically, if if rates were to drop, would we see a, a big leap, both buyers and sellers, or would it sort of be a one-sided uh, reaction here? No, it would. Uh, mortgage rates again. If the Fed cuts rates next year more substantially than we think, and mortgage rates can come down, that's going to aid both sides because people will be a little less reluctant to put their homes on the market knowing, especially if they're needing a new mortgage when they move, knowing that's not going to be as bad as it was the year before. And obviously, the lower mortgage rates uh, make affordability 
uh, easier on on the buyers, so they're going to catch a break as well. Uh, The one caveat in all of that is as mortgage rates fall, we often see home prices continue to rise, and, and that's been one of our problems in 23 as well. So what advice would you have for for both sellers and buyers other than just sort of being at the ready and ready to pounce if and when things start to to settle back to normal? Right. There's There's no doubt that at least in the first half of 24, buyers are still going to be facing a seller's market. They're going to have to be ready to move quickly, know what you want, have your financing in place ahead of time. Uh, You're competing for few listings. Uh, Sellers, you know, maybe some of you, especially if you have a lot of equity in your home, now might be a great time to sell. You can get a a higher price and you may be able to then turn around and pay cash or mostly cash for your next purchase where uh, the mortgage rates then won't be as important to you. And just real quickly, Steve, real quick, is is the Chicago area housing market pretty much holding true to the national trends that we're seeing? Are there any exceptions to that? Uh, home price of data, which came out today, showed Chicago doing better. We're at a record high on this case. Schiller index, uh, sales, inventory, uh, most every other measure is pretty close to what we're seeing nationally. Thanks so much, Steve Kirch, Chicago-based real estate and housing expert. Up next, we will say goodbye to free returns, a slew of retailers adding fees. Money Talks, as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It is the day after Christmas, and that means stores are busy, not for shopping, but rather for returns. We welcome Bob Fibbs, CEO of The Retail Doctor, based in New York. And Bob, uh, we've heard of buyer's remorse. How about receiver's remorse? And and here's the thing. We're starting to see a shift in the way that stores are handling returns. Well, the whole idea is it's all about limiting returns. So, um, you know, the... Before the holidays, people say, get a gift card. That way, if, if it's not something you like, you can easily get it. But um, returns are, are a big matter that um, I think it's online could be twice as much as somebody, what they bought in store. So everybody's trying to figure out how that is. And, um, you know, some are requiring absolutely you have to have a receipt. You've got to have proof of it. A lot of the liberal um, return policies are pretty much gone because, quite simply, a lot of people know how to abuse the system. Mm. And it's not just you got to have the right paperwork. We're also seeing some retailers, uh, specifically, I'm looking at Macy's, Abercrombie, J. Crew. Uh, they're starting to charge people for returns too. Well, I think part of it comes down to uh, how much your buying habits have been before and why you would be doing that. And also, look, half of the returns are from people who, who wore things. So everybody's trying to make it a little bit more strict to to hold on to their profit after uh, a really good retail year. This isn't just like a restocking fee then, because as you mentioned, if something's been worn, then then really it's no good to the retailer as is. So this is really, uh, what, just about squeezing the bottom line? Yeah, finding that finding the low-hanging fruit is what we would think, um, because there's a lot there's a lot there. And anytime you can go through and make it easier, hey, you know, Look at the omni-channel. A lot of people can buy things online, return it in store. That's a better way for the retailer because they're not having to pay that free shipping. So what advice do you have for, for a consumer? Let's say they got a gift, they, they don't love it, they want to return it, but maybe without the headaches or without being what feels like penalized from the retailer. Well, there are services now, um, 
and you've caught me at a disadvantage. I can't think of them, but there are services <laughs> that will actually bundle it for you and take care of it. You can drop it anywhere and uh, they will pick it up and return it for you. But um, the key for everything is just don't go when it's really super busy. And the reality is the stores are pretty much out of stock now. So holding on to it, knowing your end dates, you know, when if you've got two weeks or three weeks, if it can wait a little bit, try to get past this week and things get a lot easier. Well, and it all depends on the retailer, right? There's different uh, durations for when you can bring something back or or what you have to have. Or if you bought something online, can you return it in store? That, That kind of thing to be aware of. Yes. And again, go to your customer service. You know, when you walk in, you'll see it all queued up. It's going to have uh, make it easy for you. Just make sure that you've got your receipt. Most retailers are still going to be 30 days from purchase. And even then, if you're reasonable, just don't pick a fight with somebody. <laughs> don't get mad at them. It's not that, you know, that person's making minimum wage. Mm-hmm. They don't need you to berate them and say, I want to speak to the manager. How would you want to be treated? And I've always found being nice, is always a good idea. You never piss off the mater D. You know what I mean, Rachel? <laughs> I, I do understand, and I also know that stores aren't really required to take anything back. It's <laughs> and and you know what? Yeah. This is a good uh, little anecdote. I know my my dad purchased something not that long ago. Tried to return it, and they said it was past the window. He just left it on the counter and walked away. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. Well, you know that's and that's the other thing that. A lot of times you can get credit even if you don't have the receipt. Mm -hmm. And if it really gets down to it, um, you can always call your credit card company and say, hey, you know, I tried to return this. They wouldn't take it or whatever. And you have specific rights having paid with a credit card that some people are not aware of. Thanks so much, Bob Fibbs, CEO of The Retail Doctor based in New York. Coming up in Travel Tuesday, Part 2, using AI to plan your next vacation. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Chicago's news, traffic, and weather station. News Radio 1059. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Pearson in for Rob Hart, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Police are investigating a deadly fire that killed a five year old girl in Englewood. Iran announces an Israeli airstrike killed one of their top generals. Plus, it's Travel Tuesday. We'll take a look at how AI could help your future travel plans. WBBM Business markets remain higher. The Dow up 146 points, NASDAQ up 69, the SP 500 up 19 points. AccuWeather says it's a cooler one compared to our very mild Christmas day. High today, just 46 degrees. It'll fall to the low 30s tonight. Some more clouds tomorrow. Sunshine as well with a high of 43 degrees. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A deadly fire this morning in the Englewood neighborhood kills a young girl and injures her father. That's what officials are reporting today. Fire crews were called to the 500 block of West Marquette Road around 7.15 this morning when they found the five-year-old deceased. Her father found with minor burns and taken to a nearby hospital. Larry Langford says the cause of the fire is now under investigation, though they don't believe there was any foul play. About five other people were displaced from that multi-unit apartment building. Thankfully, no other injuries were reported. Dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Well, the stocks are trading higher this Tuesday afternoon. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Gary Kolpbaum, president of Kolpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando, Florida. And uh, Gary, this is sort of the time of year when we look back and reflect. It has been a banner year for stocks. Uh, the uh, S&P 500 continuing its eighth straight weekly advance, longest streak since 2017. So is this momentum going to carry into the new year? Well, I call it a banner two months. Uh, The Russell 2000 was at bear market lows in the third week of October, actually maybe the fourth week. There were a thousand new yearly lows right around then. We've gone coast to coast in a matter of eight weeks off of a crash in interest rates uh, that uh, just juiced the market. And as of this second, uh, seems like it's still got the momentum. Last Wednesday, uh, we had a real bad close down 500 points, and one would think you finally hit a wall for the near term. We've already got it uh, back now. Maybe it's just the end of the year and the holiday, uh, but I don't think the market has a mind on it exactly when the, the date is. So uh, in good stead at this point in time. And you touched on interest rates. I'm curious, as, as we're starting to see data that points to us moving in the right direction toward the goal of the Fed's 2% target, uh, is that something we can expect to hit in early 2024? Or with that, do you anticipate any more interest rate hikes? Yeah, I don't really worry about the Fed. I just and just so you know, they're at five and a half percent. The ten-year yield that's under three point nine percent. So they're off the playing field. They're like a third-string quarterback. So just watch the ten-year yield. If it stays down, that is good news. You have mortgage rates plunging, interest rates plunging, the cost of capital for corporations plunging. And I think the market was leaning one way uh, before this plunge, and I think that's why you're seeing the market so strong. And again, it's probably the strongest two months I have ever seen off of a low uh, in the market. And when I say low, you were at the, again, the uh, Russell 2000, 2000 stocks were at bear market lows, not just yearly lows. What are you attributing to, to sort of that two-month surge? You said not holiday <laughs> shopping, maybe a little bit, but not really. Well, the, the surge is based on interest rates from July to end of October. Interest rates went from 3.7 up to 5 and the markets tanked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, just the opposite has happened here. And markets love easier money. Markets love lower rates. 
Uh, that's throughout history. And this one, I use the term crash. It was a crash in interest rates in short order. They go from five to under three, nine in that short order. Mm-hmm. That is what's done the trick. And as of this second, who knows if it changes next week, you still got momentum. Small and mid caps that were just dead money uh, are leading the larger caps right now. And uh, you, you just stick with it till the market cries uncle. And so far it hasn't. And is that your advice then to the individual investor is get while the getting's good? <laughs> well, I'd, I'd stay in right now, mm-hmm. uh, uh, unless you got some things acting poorly and there's not many uh, right now. I mean, the breadth of the market is just so much better. We're way overdue for a correction. We're way overdue for a pullback. Uh, just hasn't happened yet. And uh, as we go into the new year, we'll find out soon enough. Yeah. Are there any specific sectors that you think uh, that, that you like most sort of as we head into 2024? Well, you know, in, from July to end of October, 80% of the market was in downtrends. Now 80% is uptrends. So it's a lot of stuff. But I will add one more that has been dead money for a while. The oils look like they're perking up right now as oil prices starting to move back up again. So I'd be looking at that. But really, the financials and semiconductors have led the way and led the way very strong. They've been persistent. Uh, and today's just another day. Anything that we can do? You, we know that a correction is inevitable, but is there anything that the investors can do to sort of uh, prepare for that, to ease the blow once it comes? Uh, unless it turns into a big, gigantic top, I, I think you ride it out. It is normal to have a bullish phase where things go up three and down one up two and down one. As long as the trend stays in shape, Mm -hmm. you stick with it. Now, if that changes, that'll be another story. But as of this second, that's all we can deal with now is real time. Uh, Markets acting just fine. Keeping us in the present. Appreciate it. Gary Coltbaum, president of Coltbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. You can check out Gary Coltbaum's website at GaryK.com. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It is Travel Tuesday, part two. We'll take a look at how artificial intelligence is set to transform travel plans. Joining us with the details is Ina Freed, chief technology correspondent for the news site Axios.com, based in San Francisco. And uh, Ina, it used to be you would ask your friends for references on what to do, where to go. And now well, there's, uh, <laughs> there's AI for that. There really is. I think when you look at what AI is good at, it's good at compiling knowledge that already exists in the world and customizing it for you. And that's exactly what you want. So it's a good starting point is what I would say. I wouldn't just leave it up to AI, but it's a great starting point. We also know that one of the biggest things when it comes to AI is being able to ask the right questions, ask the right prompt to, to really get a, a personalized you know, response. So other than saying, where should I go or what should I do? Are there certain things that we can, can ask the, the AI to give us a better picture here? Yeah, I would tell it what you want specifically. So if what you're looking for is hey, we have 72 hours in Amsterdam and we're a family of four and we don't like museums, Mm -hmm. tell it that. Um, That's where it's really good is if you can be specific. You know, there are travel guides still out there and you can pick one up if what you want is generic advice. What's really great about this is you can customize it. Where do you want to go? How much time do you have? 
Do you like hikes? Do you not want to walk? Do you want to take public transit? Those types of things. So the more details you give it, my sense is the better response you'll get. Well, and you mentioned that this is sort of just a jumping off point. But I think for a lot of people, that can be great because if you're looking for a trip, especially if you're going somewhere you've never been before, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what to, what's available, what's out there, what's, uh, you know, uh, what's there to check out. And so this is certainly a way to explore that. Yeah, and you can do some research once you've booked your hotel, which you can also use AI to help book stuff. But once you've booked your stuff, you can say, what's within walking distance of my hotel? You can really customize it. And again, I think this will change over time. I think it's sort of helpful today, but it's going to be a game changer tomorrow. When you think of, you'll be able to say, you know, I have, you know, these days off in this month and this much to spend, you know, and it'll be able to tell you which place even has a better deal. I think we're going to see the other piece of AI is the ability to just describe what you want in natural language Mm -hmm. and just say, this is what I want. And that's definitely coming to travel writ large. Is there also an application uh, from from the travel industry itself, meaning hotels or or uh, you know adventure companies? Is this something that they could be able to use to their advantage as well when when offering uh, vacations and things like that? I expect to see it this year. We haven't seen a ton of that. I've heard a lot of talk from travel companies about AI. But I expect to see some real game-changing applications this year. I think everyone will jump into this. Um, the key will be to look for what you want. If what you want is a particular airline or hotel, they're certainly going to have a chatbot. But you may want something that's more generic that applies to all of them. So it's definitely a space to watch. Well, and is this something where if I'm a travel agent, I might be sweating? Or is this something, like you said, where it's still going to need plenty of tweaking and a personal touch? You know, I think for the most part, travel agents have changed jobs so many times because of technology. I think mm-hmm. the job really exists for two areas. Business is still use travel agents to kind of set policy and so forth. I think that area is under continued threat. And then you have some luxury high-end travel where people do want someone with years of experience. And I think there's still a value to that even in an era of AI. And here's the other uh, tidbit I want to touch on is is AI can not only plan itineraries, we sort of touched on that, or, or, or book a hotel, something like that, but you could also have it just run a whole budget, say, you know, I've got this much money that I'm looking to spend, I you know, and have it sort of calculate, here's your, your hotel, here's uh, adventure costs, activities, things like that, and really break it down even day by day. You can. I think today you're dealing with not up-to-the-minute data because that's one of the limitations for a lot of these, at least the generic chatbots like ChatGPT or Google's Bard. Mm -hmm. They're using information that's historic, even if it's only a few months old. I think you will see some real-time tools that get built that say, hey, my vacation are these dates. What can I get for my dollar today or for that trip? And I think that really will change the way travel is booked. That's Ina Freed, Chief Technology Correspondent for the news site Axios.com. You can join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, it's the tech gift from Santa that might be spying on you. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
Well, that cool tech gadget you received this holiday may secretly be monitoring you. Joining us to explain is Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions and member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force based here in Chicago. Uh, Jerry, we know there's smart speakers, there's thermostats, even my dishwasher uses Bluetooth, but it turns out that they might be gathering more data than is actually needed. Yeah, and that's the case pretty much of anything that is Internet connected today. And, and it's not just what they're connecting and, and doing, but the information that you put in when you create your login, when you do your warranty information. These companies have privacy policies, and unfortunately, they're generally 12, 15 pages long, so we don't really read them. But these privacy policies, in most cases, says we're going to gather as much information we can about you, and we're going to sell it to whoever we want for whatever reason we want, and uh, and all of your information is going to get you know out there in the world. And hackers can get this information, so they'll know what you're doing, where you are, and all of this. So you know the the first off is just the documentation. You should read what the pri- privacy policies are and make sure that the thing you're buying uh, actually needs the information they're collecting. Uh, like you download a a, a um, flashlight app on your phone and it says it's going to it's going to tell <laughs> wherever you go. What do you need to know that for? I just have a flashlight. But but to the products themselves, the worst products out there today for gathering of information and and you probably wouldn't believe it, but it's new cars. New cars gather every piece of information about you. They know where you're driving, they know where you live, they know everything about you. And by gathering that information along with your navigation system and everything else on it, they can they can find out where you go on a daily basis, the times you're home, the times you're not home, where you go to the doctor, what kind of medication problems you may be having, all of this information. So if you got a new car today with one of those pretty new bows put on the top of the roof, make sure that you you know you you only put the information in there that you want them to know about. Well, and here's the other sort of key piece that you mentioned is we so quickly uh, skim through or don't even skim those terms and conditions that are pages upon pages. Uh, Is it possible to still use a smart device without having uh, some of the privacy information shared? For instance, if you downloaded that flashlight, would it still work if it didn't know exactly where you were? No, you'd have to go out and find a different one. Mm -hmm. And that's the point. There's websites out there. There's a website called Privacy Not Included, where you can go in and look at all of the different products out there to find out what they're accumulating and what they're not. Like children's toys, you know, the children's uh, uh, tablets and stuff you get. Some of them have cameras on them. Well, when when they're capturing the data, many of them don't encrypt it, which means if somebody gathers control of it, they can now see your child, they can see your house, they can see everything that, that you have. And this is true with a lot of the, the surveillance products that we buy. Uh, for example, Ring is owned by Amazon, and it has one of the highest vulnerability rates of, of, of uh, uh, surveillance systems that are out there. People can get into the systems, they can gather your data, they can see if you're the home or not, uh, and, and it's scary. So you really have to look at what are the products that you want, do you really need them to be internetable, right? If you don't need to be able to open your garage door from anywhere in the world at any point in time, all you need is for them to put a code in or use a fingerprint, then don't get one that's internet connected, right? If you don't have internet connection, it's going to be a lot more secure. 
but it's not as it's not as friendly. It doesn't provide you as many functions. So it's it's really important that you find out what you need and why you need it. You mentioned uh, uh, your refrigerator. Well, my wife has a touchscreen internet toaster, which will text her when the toast pops up. <laughs> I'm sorry, you really That's, need that? Yeah, is that necessary? <laughs> It's it's scary. Yeah, we we've gotten pretty uh, accustomed to all of the different uh, features that are out there today, and sometimes we just don't need them. Appreciate the word of caution on the cost of convenience. That's Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions here in Chicago. And if you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly. That'll be at wbbmnewsradio.com and on the Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.